Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the review review podcast where I try to guide you through a movie. Now, each and every week there's a theme, actual month rather, there's a theme. So from now until the end of July, it's the summer of Spidey. And tonight I'm looking at both Spider-Man 2 and 3. Since I had an off week, I am behind, so this is going to be a mega podcast. First up is Spider-Man 2, coming out two years after Spider-Man, in the middle of the Marvel comeback. This was a busy year for superheroes, with Hellboy, Blade Trinity, Catwoman, Punisher, The Incredibles, and others, I can't remember off the top of my head, all come out this same year. Now, to be honest, much like today, I had a superhero burnout uh, from the previous year, because they had... Uh, Hulk, Daredevil, X-Men 2, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and a few others, I can't remember off the top of my head. So I was pretty much done with superheroes by this point, so, mm. However, I was dragged to see Spider-Man 2, and I was pleasantly surprised much I liked this thing. Now, as I says before, Spider-Man is my number two superhero, uh, behind Batman it is. Now, I played all the games, I watched an 80s cartoon, and I loved the Rami movies, so, let's see if this thing actually holds up. I haven't seen this since, God, 2005? Hmm. So, spin a web, catch those teeth just like fives. Here it is, Spider-Man 2. With a budget of $200 million, this thing pulled in $788.9 million. Starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Alfred Molina, Rosemary Harris, J.K. Simmons and Dylan Baker. Directed by Sam Raimi. The plot is two years after events of Spider-Man. Peter Parker's life, the tongue twister there, is in the shit. MJ is now engaged to Harry. Spider-Man crime fighting is taking over his life and Peter's job at the Daily Bugle is on the shits. To make things worse, across town, genius inventor Dr. Otto Octavius becomes a Doc Ock. When his energy experiment goes awry, now Spider-Man has to stop the eight metal-armed genius from destroying the city. Can he do so? Or will his life get any better? Let's find out here. So, after the studio logos of the flippy page Marvel logo, which I fucking miss dearly, a spider web is spun as the credits are shown with comic strips of the events of the previous movie. As it pops the title. After three full minutes of this, we see Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, again played by Tobey Maguire, in a pizza uh, shop getting chewed out because he's late, because his boss is a complete utter idiot and has this 30 minute thing, it's like ridiculous. What is Americans doing that crap? I mean, honest to God. He has to, Peter has to hide the Spider-Man mask in his pocket because he just, I don't know, gives a shit. And this was the bane of the Spider-Man 2 PlayStation 2 game. The goddamn pizza delivery shit. That one in a fucking stupid bones. I mean, honest to God. Anyway. Peter Parker has to go 44 blocks in seven and a half minutes in New York traffic. Yeah, fuck this guy. Stick a job up your ass and stick this stupid promo thing up your fucking ass. Also, this is goddamn ridiculous. I mean, I mean, this whole 20 minutes pizza guarantee thing. In a busy city in New York, fuck you, you twat. And moving on, off Peter goes on his little scooter, uh, weaving through New York traffic. 
Why, what does a superhero have to do? Why, change into his outfit and swing through the city. And I've got to say, uh, the CGI Spider-Man still looks like shit, but there we have it. He, of course, fails as the snotty Karen-esque receptionist that fails to pay because he's about two minutes late because fuck that 20-minute fucking guarantee shite. I mean, hmm. Due to the fact uh, he saves some idiot kids from playing in traffic. Just to God. He is quickly then fired. Who gives a shit? It was a shitty temporary job anyway, so stay a what your arse, you twat. Anyway, meanwhile, back at De La Brugge, Triple J, played again by J.K. Simmons, fires Peter, also due to his, quote, softer look at New York. He wants to see action and Spider-Man being a bad guy sort of stuff, so, hmm. Robert Robinson, played again by Bill Nunn, tries to defend Spider-Man, but Triple G is having none of it. He demands the tagline, Mass Menace terrorizes the city. And spot Ted Ramey again as Triple J's assistant and Elizabeth Banks as Miss Brandt, Triple J's secretary, who is the one that hands over Peter's part, uh, payslip. But unfortunately, he is a hundred bucks short, so he is jiggery fooked. Pete's life is in the shitter. He is late for university yet again, and he will meet Dr. Connors, aka Doc Croc, but not yet. Played by Dylan Baker. He is Peter's teacher, who chooses him for being late, lazy, and stretched too thin. Maybe it's time to hang up the spandex then. Hmm. Later at night, at, at Aunt May's house, again played by Rosary Harris. MJ is there, again played by Kirsten Dunst, and so is Harry, again played by James Franco. They are there to celebrate Peter's birthday, which he forgot. How the fuck can you forget your own birthday? That's ridiculous. I mean, it seems that Peter's relationship with MJ is strained, and she has eyes for Harry. Meanwhile, back at Oscorp, they are funding Dr. Octavius's research on fusion energy, or energy fusion, what the fuck it is. I mean, this is a bit muddy, this bit. So Harry tells Pete he will introduce the good doc to him. I mean, handy that, you've got a billionaire friend who can introduce her to this famous doctor. Hmm. You just have to write in a... What was it, a story on him or some shit? I have no idea. Who cares, right? This is just boring. Cut. So after the world's saddest birthday party, Pete notices the, the the bank is foreclosing on the house. So in two years, May hasn't gotten the bills in order. Surely Ben would have had a pension or life insurance policy. I mean, hmm. He said he worked as an electrician for 36 years or something ridiculous like that. So, hmm. So why the fuck is she in debt? I mean, sell the car, sell the house, cut down on things. Why does she need this huge house for herself? Plus, she has that classic car she's sitting there, she isn't even using it, she's sitting in a driveway. So sell the fucking thing. Jesus Christ. So as Peter takes up the trash, here MJ tells him she has a new boyfriend and her life is going great. Seems she's a big Broadway actress now. Hmm. So Peter then leaves a broken hearted to return to his shithole apartment where the landlord demands payment. Also he will meet his daughter, Ursula, played by uh, Mangetta Torch, I can pronounce her name, who is sweet on Pete. And now, see, I don't get this thing. I thought Peter was living with Harry in that swanky ass penthouse, not that grotty little shitty fly he's living in, so there we have that one. Next morning, Harry introduces Pete to Dr. Octavius, played by Alfred Molino. 
Seems the doc isn't pleased at the thought of Peter wasting his precious time. However, Harry tells him he's one that's paying the bills, so do as you're fucking told, basically, so hmm. After addressing down, the doc then calls Peter lazy because he is intelligent, but he is lazy and thinks he's greater than everybody else, so hmm. They somehow become fast friends uh, over some nerdy technobabble as this whole fusion experiment is told, and I don't give a shit, just glaze over this, but who gives a rat's arse? So over dinner, we meet Rosie Octavius, played by Donna Murphy, the Doctor's wife, who tells Peter the Doctor has been working on this research for a good 15 years. And this will go off a hitch. This being a superhero movie, you know that's not true. The good Doc then tells Peter in order to get a girl, she must be fed poems. Okay then, cut to Peter at a laundry mat reading poetry books. As his spiky suit has dyed all his whites pink. Mate, separate your colours from your whites, you moron. Also, why the fuck is he washing the Spider-Man suit in public, idiot? So that night, Peter is dressed in his best and only suit to see MJ's play. Now, where the hell did he get 35 bucks to pay this for his ticket? Or was it comped by MJ? Hmm. Because apparently... He is late behind his rent, and he can't afford this, he can't afford next thing, and da-da-da-da-da, but he can afford a $35 ticket. Anyway, he is late to the play, and spot Bruce Campbell as Usher, who refuses to let him in, because he's like 10 minutes late, because he's, I don't know, Spider-Man shit, and maybe let the cops do, your, do their job then, you idiot. I mean, these are lower criminals, mate. You just deal with the super villains. Let the cops deal with the, the back robbers and the, the car thieves and the such. I mean, you deal with the super criminals. Anyway. Not to worry, MJ sucks in the play anyway. Hours later, Peter is waiting outside the theatre for MJ, and here he spots her new boyfriend, John Jameson, played by Daniel Giles, who is Triple J's nephew. I'm sorry, Pete, but she has moved on to bigger, better things. She's a gold digger, you see, so, hmm, or a fame whore, so, hmm. Heartbroken, Spidey takes out his angry, uh, angry, his anger rather, on criminals, until his webbing fails and his powers start to fail him. Don't worry there, Pete happens to the best of the men, stressed as a hell of mistress. So, with no choice, Spider-Man takes an elevator out of the building and cue a dumb joke about the suit rise up and his balls are up his ass in the market and it's like, who gives a rat's arse frankly got to say, the jokes are lame in this and kill the flow of the movie. Plus, there is too much lovey-dovey bullshit in this. Cut, 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 cut. Just get back to the fucking action. Anyway, next morning, Pete calls MJ to say sorry for missing the play. She hears none of it and she's acting like a pissy little bitch, as per usual. I mean, love, give him a fucking break. It's one shitty play off, 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 off Broadway. Plus, the usher was a complete dick, so it's not technically Spider-Man's fault, you fucking bitch. Anyway, later afternoon, Doc Ock's experiment goes wrong as he fuses his eight robotic arms to his being and he becomes Doc Ock. So during the experiment, Doc Ock fails to control the power of the sun in his hands, as he says continually through his bloody thing. As gravity kicks in, it sucks in all the metal in the building, and Spider-Man tries to stop it, but Doc Ock knocks him out with one slap of the mechanical arms. In the explosion, the Doc's wife is killed, as a control chip on the back of his neck 
Bricks uh, then, the arms are now in control, not Doc Ock. Or Doc Octavius, rather. So he now becomes Doc Ock. God. Anyway, where was I? So the arms make him go completely doolally insane. He blames Spider-Man for this failed experiment and the death of his wife. Harry is now bankrupt as he poured all his money into this one fusion generator thing. He wants revenge for Spider-Man for some fucking reason. So cut to the arms defending themselves as a surgeon tries to cut them off the good doc's body. But the arms are having none of it and they kill all the doctors mercilessly. And I've got to see here, the CGI on these arms are piss-fucking-poor. So, next day, Triple J at the Bugle is loving this and names Dr. Octavius Doc Ock. Triple J sends Pete to a gala ball to photograph the event for his nephew, John Jameson, the astronaut, MJ's new beau. So, she is a complete utter fame whore then. Meanwhile, Doc Ock returns to his destroyed lab and swears revenge on Harry and indeed Spider-Man. And also, he wants to take down the city once and for all, the arms slowly turning him more and more insane. Cut to Aunt May and Pete trying to remortgage the house, failing miserably over Ben's multi-million dollar life insurance policy. What the fuck? She's supposed to be bankrupt. Yeah, bullshit. And spot Joe McHale as the asshole banker, refusing to give her a loan even though she's got all this money. What the fuck is going on here? And wouldn't you know it, it's at this very time Doc Ock robs the bank, so Spider-Man suits up and stops it. First up, I love Doc's outfit here. Also, I love the fact he chucks bags full of gold coins at Spider-Man. Because, you know, every bank has gold coins just sitting under um, safe, you know. Hmm. So during this fight, Spider-Man's powers fail yet again. So the Doc uses this chance to kidnap Aunt May and spot Stanley on the street as the building debris falls during the fight. Aunt May is tossed around like a pancake during the fight, but I'm loving the fact this old gal got a hit on smashing Doc Ock's sunglasses. I have to say here, the CGI looks par here. But I want to know where the fuck did the money go? This is a $200 million movie. And the CGI is, shall we say, ropey? At best. Anyway, that night at the gala, Harry is both pissy and drunk. He blames Doc Ock and Spider-Man for his failed experiment and losing him millions, if not billions of dollars. All in a vain attempt to be better than dear old dad. Hmm. In walks Captain John Jameson with MJ on his arm. This pisses off Peter fucking terribly. Who is snapping pics badly all night, pissing off Triple J. So outside, MJ acts like a spoiled little brat to Pete. She's on to bigger, better things with the captain. He's in and Pete is out. I mean, this guy is literally out of this world. He's an astronaut, so... Later, a now drunk Harry starts slapping Peter around, acting like a complete jealous little brat that Daddy Dearest liked Peter better. Also, Pete isn't going to tell him who Spider-Man is. The final nail for Pete's shitty night is MJ agreeing to marry the good captain. Or Captain John, rather. Hmm. 
God, maybe we get it. Peter is a loser. We don't have to keep beating him down again and again and again. I mean, Jesus Christ. Let the guy have some fucking luck. Jesus Christ. Enough already. He has lost his job, his girl, his best friend, his spider powers. Triple J tries to make the city hate Spider-Man non-fucking-stop. Doc opts out for his blood and Harry is now being a complete utter asswipe. Also... MG is marrying another dude. We get it already. Jesus Christ, give the guy a fucking break. Anyway, later at night, mid-swing, Peter's spider powers fool him yet again. So he tosses a suit in the trash and goes sees a shrink for his problems. Meanwhile, across town, Doc Ock is rebuilding his experiment using the money from the two bags of money he stole. That must mean some of the money in that thing. So the shrink tells... Peter, he has a choice, Spider-Man or himself. He cannot be both. So Pete picks himself, not Spider-Man. And cue a flashback to Uncle Ben with the great power speech, which is a completely different speech from Spider-Man 1, but there we have that one. Anyway, here he tells Uncle Ben he is Spider-Man no more. Peter, that is. So, hmm. Next day, Pete is back to being a geek with his eyesight failing him and he's now awkward and clumsy again so he's lost his complete spider powers is that how that one works not to worry he's acing his schoolwork is less stressed and longer fighting crime also he finally sees mj's shitty little play outside after the play pete hits on mj but she's having none of it and shits him down Messily. Days later, a garbage man hands over Spider-Man's outfit to Triple J for a hundred bucks and he finally gloats. Triple J that is. He has beaten down Spider-Man and he has won. The city is now safe. What a complete and utter dickwad Triple G actually is. Days later, with the Daily Bugle running the story, Spider-Man no more. Peter realises he's miserable as Peter Parker, just as much as he was Spider-Man. So, over to Aunt May. As he tells her it was his fault Uncle Ben was gunned down, as he was at a wrestling gig for money to buy a car to impress MJ. He was at the library. He let the gunman rob the wrestling promoter, who then carjacked Uncle Ben and shot him. With that, Aunt May walks off in utter disgust. Meanwhile, back to Doc Ock. He's finished building this machine. It's bigger and better than before, but he needs more power source to make it work. So he hunts down Harry, who is poring over newspaper articles of Spider-Man while knocking back whiskey hand over fist. Doc Ock shows up demanding more power source. Harry says not until the Doc... Uh, helps him kill Spider-Man. And then he will hand down all the power source he actually believe he has. So that night, Peter sees in a paper that crime has risen 75% since Spider-Man has hung up the hood or the, the spandex. He also sees a building on fire so runs in to save a little girl and cue some horrible CGI Spider-Man. Peter runs out of the building burning and saves a little girl but once the firemen put out the fire they say there was another person trapped on the fourth floor and was burned alive oh dear feeling guilty peter becomes spider-man again not before ursa 
shoots her shot, offering Peter a kick. He takes her up on it, and it's a nice rebounder, Pete, but I don't think so. That may calls Pete, saying she's moving out and selling up and moving on. And then she asks him why he no longer takes Spider-Man's pictures. Aunt May then guilt-trips Pete into becoming Spider-Man yet again. Isn't he already back in Spider-Man's suit? So, hmm. I've got to say, I don't remember this movie being so heavy-handed with the messages. I always thought this was a pretty slick, cool, action-packed movie, but this has got barely an action. There's like maybe three scenes of action. It's all lovey-dovey, talky bullshit crap and how my heart goes all oh, gives a shit. I mean, what I don't like about this movie is this, this whole Ross and Rachel, well, they won't they crap with Peter and MJ. Just cut this shit because it drags on. This feels bloated. This is been trimmed down to 90 minutes, not a full two hours that it is. I mean, cut this shit down. After the guilt trip, Peter decides he is Spider-Man and quickly gets his powers back. He gets his suit back from Triple J and he is now Spider-Man. Uh, uh, nope. He leaps from a building. Falls and hurts his back. Funny, haha. I mean, this joke really takes the sea biscuit. Weeks later, MJ's wedding invites are sent out, and it's for the 26th of April. So it's been months since Pete quit being Spider Man, at least five of them. Hmm. So Captain John asks her why she will not invite Pete. She then calls Pete a complete jerk and they are no longer friends. What a flaky little fucking selfish brat she is. I mean, Pete has been nothing but good to her, but she's a selfish, narcissistic, egotistical, driven little fuck. Screw her. So then she tries to kiss John with the infamous Spider-Man upside down kiss to find out if he is Spider-Man. Nope. So she's no longer interested. With that, she calls Pete to for a coffee date. And what a complete but she is. First she tells Pete to change. He then does. And she gets pissy at him when he does. Then she agrees to marry some pretty boy who she thought was Spider-Man. After she finds out he isn't Spider-Man, she runs back to Pete. Fuck her, Spidey. Try her, sir. Or try somebody else. Try the bloody black cat for her. Give her a rat's ass. But fuck this little wishy-washy fucking flaky ass bitch. Why would Pete even agree to meet her? He's not even invited to her fucking wedding just days away. Just how much of a cuck is Peter fucking Parker? Jesus, grow some fucking books. I could say fuck the fucking selfish bitch. Pete tells her he doesn't love her. After that, she then tries to gaslight him, saying, Oh no, she is the ultimate love of him and she's the one for him and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, here... Doc Ock thankfully breaks up this awkward move by throwing a car at Peter, telling him to tell Spider-Man to meet him at 3pm or he'll kill MJ, as he kidnaps her. I swear to God, that's all she is, a victim. Forever a victim, forever an egotistical, driven, little, pissy little bitch. Fuck her. Now, pissed off, Peter gets his powers back, so he finally gets back in the suit as Triple G is now anti-Spider-Man yet again. So we'll cut to the afternoon at 3pm. Spider-Man swings into action, fighting Doc Ock on top of a clock tower. They tumble off the clock tower, landing on a train. And during this fight, Doc Ock all but kills Spider-Man, putting his powers to the ultimate test as the train speeds out of control. Spider-Man has to use all his strength to slow the speeding train down before it ploughs 
into the New York building and off the bloody well rails. He spins webs across the track to try to slow down the train. As it almost fails, putting so much strain on him, Peter faints. And now Dimas Spider-Man is carried to the back of the train as the New Yorkers try to keep Doc Ock from going in for the kill, but it's no good. He takes Spidey to see Harry. By the way, did Batman begin to rip this whole scene off? I mean, hmm. So Harry goes in for the kill, but Dimas Spider-Man, and he can't kill Peter. Peter begs Harry to tell him where Doc Ock is. So across town, Doc Ock turns on the machine, telling MJ Spider-Man is dead. Not to worry, he swings into action, stopping the Mad Doctor and saving MJ as the machine starts and sucks in all the metal than before. Yet, when the script needs it to, it doesn't. This is really bad written, by the way. Hmm. With MJ saved, she decides to help Spider-Man by smacking Doc Ock in the face with a 2x4. She feels miserable because of course she does. So Spidey shocks the Doc with the power lines as the machine goes completely nuts, sucking in more and more energy and more and more gravity as the thing goes bigger and bigger and bigger and it has an old gravity force again when the script needs it. Seems the shock to system woke up the good Doctor. But the arms won't let him stop the machine, so Peter begs him for help. It works, as the good doctor pulls machine into the cold waters of the bay below. MJ now knows Peter is Spider-Man. She just stands there as a wall about to fall on top of her and squish her. She is beyond fucking useless. Let her die, Spider-Man. Anyway, with MJ saved, Doc is dead along with his machine. The city is saved. Spider-Man swings off into night as MJ hugs John. Harry, in his mega mansion, hears the Green Goblin's laugh, then sees his dear old dad in a mirror, telling him to take revenge on Spider-Man. Harry refuses, throwing a dagger in the mirror to reveal a hidden room, and here it becomes the Hobgoblin. Cut to MJ's wedding day, she can't do it, she is in love with Spider-Man, you see. And this ending is beyond cringe, as she's running off in a wedding dress to Peter, who is home alone. She tells him she loves him as I throw up. He takes her back and she is beyond a shallow, narcissistic, villainous little bitch as credits mercilessly roll. So that was Spider-Man 2. What can I say? It is bloated with not enough action and not enough Doc Ock. Spider-Man loses his powers for a girl is very Superman 2. The script is weak. The CGI is piss poor. I still don't like MJ. She's a bratty little bitch in this. And don't get me started on the ever whiny little fucking mega rich Harry. I don't know what to give this thing a 5 out of 10. I mean, this is just bloated. Like I said, cut the love dovey shit out and this will be a smooth 90 minute movie. So stay right there for Spider-Man 3 as Spider-Man goes dark. So, coming out three years later, with three times the bad guys, we have Spider-Man 3, the fan whipping boy of the series. Sam Raimi only wanted to do the Hobgoblin and Sandman, but the studio forced in Venom. So here we have this, the overstuffed, bloated, evil Spider-Man. Funny thing is, by 2007, I was done with superheroes. 
Daredevil, Electra, Catwoman, Batman Begins, X-Men 3, all sucked. So I was burned on soups. So much so, I didn't even see this until I hit DVD. And even then, I was him and on to watch this thing, but I finally did. I'll watch this just to figure out just how much hate this movie deserves. And boy, does it deserve the shit it got piled on it. From the terrible CGI Sandman to evil Peter to Trophy Grace as Venom to the bitchy Hobgoblin. What the hell were they thinking? So suit up, spin a web, and here it is, Spider-Man 3. With a budget of $260 million, the thing pulled in $894.9 million. Starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Thomas Hayden Church, Trofer Grace, Bryce Dallas Howard, Rosemary Harris, and J.K. Simmons. The plot is three years after events of Spider-Man 2, Peter Parker finally has his life in order. He's engaged to MJ. He has a full-time job at the Daily Bugle. And New York loves Spider-Man. What can go wrong? For a start, Harry Osborn is still out for blood. He is now the Hobgoblin, following in Daddy Dearest's footsteps. Also, a bank robber has escaped jail. And someone becomes a living sand. He is the Sandman, looking for money to help his disabled kid. Then there's the black alien goo that attaches itself to Peter, changing him into an overly aggressive emo and giving him his cool black suit, making him mean, cocky and spiteful. Getting it off him, it quickly attaches to Eddie Brock, Peter's rival at the paper, and he becomes Venom. So can Peter save New York from the three supervillains? I find out here. So... After the Marvel Flippy Page logo, this opens up on a CGI spider web. As up pops the titles, we get more flashbacks from the two other movies as Black Goo turns the spider web, well, Black Venom. Three full minutes later, padding much, we get a voice from Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, once again played by Tobey Maguire, telling us how great his life is. New York loves him. He is top of the class in school, and he is engaged to MG. However, in class he has a new rival in the form of Gwen Stacy, played by Bryce Dallas Hubbard. She's just as smart as Peter, also she's a part-time model, as you do. He is now engaged to MG, once again played by Kirsten Dunst. She is now a Broadway starlet, except she's god-awful. Think Meryl Streep in opening of Death to Come, sir. People are walking out mid-song. Pete Tower has rose-tinted glasses on and I think she's great. Also, this opening performance in... Also, at this opening performance, rather, in the Royal Box is Harry Osborn, once again played by James Franco, just sneering at Pete from up high, plotting petty revenge. I've always hated Franco on this role. He... Or rather, any role, all he seems to play is stoners, skeezies, or douchebags, or indeed fucking idiots. He is a terrible actor, with that ridiculous shark tooth grin of his, and that stupid little glint in his eye. Fuck off, you fucking hack. Anyway, Peter tries to talk to Harry outside, but he just slicks off in his limo, as he is now evil. Now, see, I thought Oshkot was bankrupt due to the shit that Doc Ock pulled. 
but he still has all his money and the power of Oscorp? Um, no. Anyway, across town, Harry takes the same gas that turned his dad in, saying he is now a new goblin. Complete the snowboard-style glider, paintball mask, and a shitty little pumpkin bombs. I don't give a fuck what he calls himself, he is the Hobgoblin. That night, while lying on a huge spider web, who the fuck cleans these gigantic things up, by the way? Hmm. Peter and MJ are meteor watching as a meteor shower is in the sky, during which a meteor crash lands and out oozes black goo as it quickly attaches itself to Peter's little scooter. So during this, she tells him she wants to sing on stage forever, that he needs to tell her he loves her because she has this gigantic ego and this gaslighting is horrendous, my lord. So I meant to say, on the original script, it was supposed to be that John Jameson returning from space with the goo on him, but it was dropped for a meteor shower instead because it's much cheaper. Once the studio forced Venom and Sandman into this CGI monstrosity that they are. Speaking of a witch, we are introduced to Flint Marco, played by Thomas Hayden Church, running for his life after escaping jail. He's running to see his sick daughter, telling her he will get her money to make her feel better, as he is indeed Uncle Ben's true killer. His ex-wife doesn't want to have anything to do with him, however, and chase him off from the daughter. It seems he is a bank robber, and he is a killer when she catches him stealing food and has a conic outfit of the green and black striped t-shirt. The daughter hears the fighting and goes out of the bedroom to give him a locket with a picture in it. After dropping off MJ, Peter visits Aunt May, once again played by Rosemary Harris, telling her he wants to ask MJ to marry him. So she hands over the engagement ring that Ben gave her 50 years earlier. Now, I thought Peter was engaged to MJ, but there we have that one. Peter says no, he can't take it off her. She then demands he takes it and hands him over. So turning home in his little scooter, in a state of bliss, Hobgoblin swoops down, lifting Peter clean off into the air, and god damn it, this CGI looks like shit. Anyway, the fight continues through streets, alleyways, and skyscrapers until Peter s- sets up a clothesline in a very tight alley. Alleyway, that is. As Hobgoblin hits it, he is knocked off his glider and hits his head off a dumpster, and he forgets everything as you do. Pete then rushes Harry to hospital as he's put in traction. Meanwhile, across town, the chief of police, Captain Stacy, played by James Cromwell, is told Sandman's escape. Also, he is up for Uncle Ben's murder. Cut to Flint running from killing units as he falls into a huge sand, sand pit which spins around him because, I don't know, reasons, and it goes into his atoms, he becomes living sand. Yeah, I have no idea. Either just go with it as a comic movie, I mean, hmm. I'm loving the scientists don't give a fuck about checking their experimentation. No wonder the fucking Spider-Verse has so many supervillains, I don't give a rat's ass about the fucking variables, I mean, just, just continue the thing. Something's in the sand, that's uh, so we're burning, we fine. Really? Hmm. 
Meanwhile, back at the hospital, Peter is told Harry is fine, but he has lost his short-time memory. Handy that. So Pete goes in to see Harry, and he acts like the previous five years didn't happy. happen. rather, he is all buddy-buddy with Pete. Next morning, at the sandpit, Flint Marco becomes Sandman, as he makes his body out of sand, and the CGI looks okay. Mind you, this was two years of work, so bloody well should be. Back to Peter. Uh, he's at a French restaurant to um, make a reservation for him and MJ for that night, as he plans to ask her to marry her. Too bad she bursts in with the paper in hand, of a scathing view of her play that she is a terrible actress and her voice can't carry past the first row. She is a terrible actress and a lead singer. He tells her that it's a critic. That's their job to be a critic. That he, as Spider-Man, gets hit pieces written on him all the time. It's water off a dog's back. She, however, being a complete total bitch, shoots him down, saying it's about him, it's about her. How dare he try to reason with her and try to understand and be loving towards her, but she has none of it. Pete, mate, what the fuck do you see in her? She is an egotistical, narcissistic, little flippy-floppy, wishy-washy bitch. Dump her ass. The ego on her is unreal. Plus she jumped from man to man in the past year, all to feed her own ego. From Flash to Harry to John to Spider-Man, she is such a sponge, it is unreal. Pete mate, dump her ass and try Gwen. Or Ursula, or hell, even Miss Brandt, back at the bloody well paper. Fuck this whiny, little, jealous, ego-driven little brat, who only wants to be with you because you're Spider-Man and are famous. Oh my god, over the police scanner, Peter hears a skyscraper crane is out of control. Wouldn't you know it, Gwen is in the facing office building, having a photo shoot as the crane smashes up the building. Spider-Man swings into action to save her, and boom, she's in love. And note, Bryce Dallas Howard was pregnant doing this stunt herself. Wow, love. On the ground, we meet Eddie Brock, played by Trophy Trophy Grace. He is on hand to snap pictures of Spider-Man, saying he is the new freelance photographer of the Daily Bugle. And indeed, he is um, Gwen's boyfriend? Question mark. <laughs> Cut to Triple J, played again by J.K. Simmons. Not impressed by Hoffman, again played by Ted Ramey, with his... Uh, campaign to try to make the Daily Bugle sound popular. It's hip, it's now, it's wow, and how. Uh, that may have worked in 1957, not 2007, where people get their news from Yahoo or Google. I love how annoyed Triple G is with this, so much so that Miss Brandt, played again by Elizabeth Banks, has to buzz him to tell him to calm down. I love the fact that Buzzer shakes his desk, plus he has tons of stomach pills and various pitbismos and such all over his desk because he has so much heartburn and so much blood pressure because this job is shit. And walks the cocky Eddie to hand Triple J a new picture of Spider-Man but Triple J tells him he already has Parker for that. Speaking of which, it walks Peter late as usual to sell his pictures 
of Spider-Man. But Eddie is kissing Triple G's ass so much he buys his. This ticks off Peter. Uh, I thought you had a contract for the paper. Can the paper buy somebody else's pictures if you're under contract? I mean, hmm. And cue the Stanley cameo as a guy on the street telling Peter one man can't make a difference. So, pointless cameo there. Meanwhile, across town, Harry returns home playing basketball with Peter. Harry remembers everything up to 2002 and then and nothing. Back to MJ, who is fired from her play due to the bad reviews from every paper in New York. Ouch! <laughs> Karma love. Dejected, she leaves via the back door where she hears people cheering. She thinks it's for her because she's that much of an egotistical bitch. Nope! It's for Spidey as he swings past to get the key to the city. Speaking of which, Peter is loving. He is having this gigantic parade all for just Spider-Man. His ego is almost as big as MJ's. Not quite aware. So Gwen is there to hand over the key to the city. So is Eddie Brock, who is there for reasons. Pete tells the now depressed MJ he's swinging in from the left to get his reward. She isn't impressed when Gwen kisses him. And she just stomps off in a jealous rage. Meanwhile, across town, Sandman is spotted by cops. He makes it out. Happens. So Spider-Man swings off to deal with him. Sandman is a sandstorm. As he steals money from an armoured truck. Unfortunately, Spider-Man's webbing has no effect on him. And indeed, he just punches through his body. While saving the two guards from certain death of a car crash, Sandman gets away. So that night, at a French restaurant, Peter shows up early to hand over the ring to Bruce Campbell's Mater D, who is, of course, a stereotypical rude Frenchman, mocking the size of the diamond. Pete asks at dinner for the ring to be placed in the champagne, because that just isn't stereotypical, is it? Mm. Too bad MJ shows up in a jealous rage and dumps Pete on the spot over the kiss between Gwen and him. Oh, for fuck's sake, love, it's a kiss, which she forced on him. You're telling me your ego is that weak that you can't even deal with a kiss? I mean, hmm, no wonder you fucking manhop. Of course, it doesn't help that Gwen walks in and is all over Pete, asking for a picture of her and Spider-Man kissing. Pete explains she is his lab partner at university, and indeed they're top of the class. MJ storms off on a Karen-level rage, dumping his ass. Ouch, love. Just fucking ouch. Next morning, Peter calls, but she's screening his calls and has none of it. The cops then call to tell Peter to head down to a downtown station as they have new information on Uncle Ben's death. Captain Stacy tells Pete and Aunt May, the guy Peter accidentally killed in Spider-Man 1, you know, the one the wrestling promoter hold-up guy didn't actually kill Uncle Ben. It was Flint Marco all along. So Peter killed the wrong guy. Cut to another goddamn flashback to Uncle Ben's death. During which Flint was the carjacker and he shot him. Not the other guy. And note, this was Cliff Robertson's final time on film. As Uncle Ben. Actually, final time on film, full stop. 
Enraged, Peter is out for blood again. MJ shows up to try talking Peter out of it, but he is in too much of a mood to listen. Hours later, Peter is listening to the police scanner uh, in the hopes to hear of a Sandman attack. He then falls asleep and has a nightmare of Uncle Ben's death. And here is the perfect chance for the black goo to sneak up onto the bed and crawl over Peter's body, bounding him and turning him into a cocky, uncaring, caring and vicious Spider-Man. Doubling his speed, strength and power, turning his suit black, he wakes up, hours later hang upside down from the skyscraper in his shiny new black suit. Peter then, next day, hands a small sample of the goo to Doc Connors, once again played by Dylan Baker, who worries, sorry, who warns him not to get this shit on him as it is indeed dangerous. Pete returns home just in time to hear over the scanner that Sandstorm is robbing a bank. Wait, you're telling me he leaves this thing running all day, blaring, and nobody complains? Get yourself to fuck. Anyway, off he goes wearing his new black Spider-Man suit to kill Sandman. Eddie Brock catches Spider-Man breaking into a storm drain, asks for a picture in the new suit, but Spider-Man tells him to piss off, he's a chump, and breaks his camera. Down Spider-Man goes, leaving Brock to take pictures using a digital camera, faking photos of Spider-Man stealing money from the bank robbery. So down in the sewers, Spider-Man tries to kill Sandman by forcing his face onto a speeding train. It fails, so he gets the sand wet and flushes him down the drain. Game over, right? Wrong! Also, you're trying to say to me the subway system is linked to the sewer system in New York? Yeah, no. I have to say, the CGI in this fight is piss poor. This thing is PlayStation 2 graphic levels piss poor. So now, with a new cocky attitude, Peter turns emo. And here, the movie falls off a cliff. Also, this is all sorts of Superman 3, except he doesn't split into two people. But, Venom is his dark side, so maybe he does split into two, so, hmm. He pulls off the suit, heads to Aunt May's, to tell her Spider-Man killed Uncle Ben's killer. Shocked, Aunt May doesn't believe Spider-Man is a killer, saying revenge is poison, it can turn you into something ugly and indeed evil. So cut to MJ's new job as a singing waitress at a jazz bar. She is now just another bland face in a sea of people. So instead of calling Peter uh, to kiss and make up, she calls Harry to cry on his shoulder. Wow, love, just wow, how big is your fucking ego, you... Later, Harry winds and dines MJ dancing around the kitchen as the food cooks. Eh, uh, love, aren't you supposed to be engaged to Peter? Okay, you're on a break, but really, love, I mean, hmm. She's a script for a play he's producing. The two then share a moment and then kiss. With that, she runs off, leaving him blue-balled. He then hears Norman Osmond telling him he's taking his eye off the ball. Oh he has to do is remember. And it all comes flooding back. Spider-Man killing his dad. Peter is Spider-Man and he is the Hobgoblin. He is now out for blood and petty revenge yet again. He visits MJ that night in that ridiculous outfit to force her to set up Peter and he'd dump his ass. 
in public, which is a complete and utter bitch move. So, cut to the next afternoon, and Peter is desperate as MJ dumps his ass. He pulls a ring, telling her he loves her and wants to marry her. She just walks off with tears in her eyes, and I've got to say, this is really, really desperate and really, really sad. And not in a good way. Saying she loves someone else, that is a complete, utter bitch move, Harry. What a bitch fucking move. From the shadows, Harry is watching on with a grin in his face as he is loving every minute of this. So heartbroken, later that afternoon, he turns to his bestie, Harry, as he pours his little heart out. Harry just tells him, MJ has been fired from the play, she's now a singing waitress at a jazz bar. He then drops the ultimate bombshell. He is the other man MJ loves. With the shite and grin on his face, he just loves it as Peter's heart completely, completely shatters. What a complete narcissistic whiny little fucking brat he is. Him and MJ rather are perfect for each other. So pissed off, Peter leaves. The most nice guy is then. It's black suit revenge time. As emo Peter suits up. The fight is on. Harry, being a sneaky little prick, stabs Peter with the dagger and then swipes him with his Batman-style arm gauntlets. Peter quickly breaks the gauntlets and then Harry's pretty boy face as he throws him around the room like he's a fucking, I don't know, ragdoll. The two then fight into the secret lab and here Harry grabs a light sword, I think a lightsaber, but a light I don't know what the fuck this thing is, and slashes at Peter who throws him around yet again. Peter grabs a pumpkin bomb and Peter just throws it back in his face and just walks off smirking. Next day, Peter sees Eddie's hit piece pick splash in the front cover of the paper. It's revenge time! He tells Triple J the picture is fake. Eddie is then fired and disgraced. Cut to the cringe Bully Maguire Spidey strut as he walk dances down the street, finger gunning on all the women that passed him. Dear God, during this ridiculous montage, Dr. Connor calls Peter to warm to get rid of this goo. It is dangerous. It increases aggression and strength in people and will make you uncaring and cold. But he's too busy eating Ursula, played by Magetta Torch Cookie, and indeed milk, as she hand feeds him to even listen to the doctor, he even bosses her around, wow, this shit should have been cut, he's even flitting with Miss Grant, then demands Triple J, hire him full time, but you're already full time, this sad, desperate scene is beyond cringe, as the scene goes on for five full, painful minutes, whoever wrote this film and thought of this should be fired, this is cringe. Anyway, later at night, finally Sandman exits the sewer and reforms. So it took him days to reform from mud. He looks at the locket in his hand and has revenge in his eye. Cut to Gwen on a date with Peter. He takes her to what else? MJ's bar to embarrass her. And he acts like a complete fool and dances around the place badly. Gwen sees this and walks off in utter horror. Again, 
fire this writer, strip him of the writer credits, strip them of everything, and kick them out of Hollywood. This is beyond fucking cringe. Peter then starts a bar fight and backhands MJ by mistake. Shocked, Peter runs off into the night. As rain pours, thunder claps, Peter hears a church bell ring. So he runs to change into Spider-Man's suit and leaps off into the air to the church spiral. And here the goo goes nuts. As the bell rings, he rips it from his body. How did he know about the, the loud noise destroying the symbiotes? I mean, hmm. Seems the goo hates loud noises. Eddie follows Peter, and then he gets the goo on him and becomes a venom. A shark-toothed, evil, Spider-Man-like supervillain. With all Spider-Man's powers and none of his good guy qualities. You gotta see here, the CGI transformation looks like dog shit. You can tell Rami didn't want this in it. This is just utter right. Peter returns home to shower and detox as Aunt May visits Peter hands her back the ring telling her it's over with him and MJ she doesn't believe it and leaves the ring on his TV later at night Sandman and Venom team up to kill Spider-Man MJ is kidnapped again by Venom and Sandman as they take over a still to be built skyscraper Peter digs out the classic Spider-Man suit and goes to Harry for help he doesn't want to even listen as he has a scarred up face until his butler tells him the truth that Norman killed himself not Spider-Man. Couldn't you see this fucking five years earlier you stupid old get you're fired. Oh my god. Spider-Man leaves to face Sandman and Venom alone. Venom gets better on Spider-Man as MG is trapped in the webbing inside a taxi cab which is falling 84 floors, 85 floors up. Brock wants revenge for Parker exposing him, so he wants to expose Peter Parker as Spider-Man on live TV. The two freakfall fight from the webbing, with Peter unmasked all the way down, straight into Sandman below. The webbing snaps as MJ falls from the taxi, but she grabs a line and swings to relative safety. Suddenly, Spider-Man has his mask back on. Bad editing much? Hmm. Also, the suit is now ripped yet again. So that's three movies and three times this suit has been ripped. Maybe get better material here, Pete. I mean, hmm. Anyway, Sandman grows gigantic, stomping wildly at Spider-Man as MJ free falls from the web. Venom has Spider-Man down as Sandman pounds on his body. He is completely and utterly fucked until Hobgoblin flies in to help out, blowing up Sandman's head and then knocking Venom through a wall. Spider-Man is down but not out. Harry and he then shake hands as Spider-Man takes on Venom, Harry takes on Sandman. Harry uses the glider after Burner to turn Sandman's arm into glass as it shatters into a million pieces. Spider-Man traps Venom in a cage with metal poles clanging them to force the goo off Brock. As is happening, MJ is forever a useless little bitch as she's just lying on the webbing, not attempting to climb down, or indeed climb down the fucking building. She just free falls until Spider-Man, with Harry's help, saves her. Now Harry turns to Sandman, and Peter begs Brock to leave the goo. Nope. He dies in an explosion from one of Harry's pumpkin bombs. Sandman 
turns to glass and it's smashed again. And then blows away in the wind, telling Peter he didn't kill his uncle. It was the guy that you killed in the first one originally. Mm. Harry dies after Venom runs him through with his own sword. So, cut to his funeral. MG is there, as is Peter and Aunt May. Along with a closing voiceover from Peter, telling us to do what is right. MG sings the blues at the jazz bar as Peter show up the two dance credits finally mercilessly roll. And wow, that was just bloody well terrible. No wonder this is hated on rightfully fucking so. This should have been Sandman and Hobgoblin versus Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man, Hobgoblin and Venom versus Spider-Man. Sandman or whatever. Terrible CGI, awful writing, cringe evil Pete scenes. For that alone, it gets minus 1 out of 10. Still, come back next week as a look at The Amazing Spider-Man. A new decade, a new Spider-Man, and a new suit. Same origin story, however. Eh. Now, don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. And check out one of my hundreds of other podcasts, including Batman, Superman, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and many, 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 many more. A eh, bye.